Good morning, everyone. I'm R. W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Today is the 27th of September, the 270th day of 2021, with 95 days ahead of us until 2022. Tomorrow night, our moon will enter its third quarter phase, and day after tomorrow will be the fifth anniversary of the Rosetta spacecraft ending its mission by making a controlled hard landing onto the double-lobed Comet 67 Papa which is currently approaching Earth, though estimated to miss us by a healthy margin. Rosetta had been our first space probe to orbit a comet and sent nearly 400,000 photos to Earth along with various collected data that included the discovery of organic molecules, the building blocks of life, on Comet 67-PAPA. Today in 70 AD, the upper walls of the upper city of Jerusalem were battered down by the Roman army setting in motion the destruction that would trigger the longest Jewish diaspora. Today in 1066, William the Conqueror's troops set sail from Normandy, about to commence the Norman invasion of England, and the beginning of a significant change of the English language from Anglo-Saxon, or Old English, to Middle English by integrating considerable French vocabulary. Today in 1779, John Adams negotiated Revolutionary War peace terms with Great Britain, Today, in 1822, French scholar Jean-Francois Champollion announced that using the Rosetta Stone, he had deciphered Egyptian hieroglyphics. Three years later, today in 1825, George Stevenson's Locomotion No. 1 became the first steam locomotive to carry passengers on a public rail line, calling itself the Stockton and Darlington Railway in England. Today, in 1905, the physics journal Annelen der Physique published Albert Einstein's paper, Does the Inertia of a Body Depend Upon Its Energy Content? Introducing the equation, E equals MC squared. Today in 1912, American musician and father of the blues, W.C. Handy, published Memphis Blues, considered the first blues song. And today in 1962, Rachel Carson published Silent Spring about the deleterious impacts of pesticide use on the environment. This past week, Tom Judge, executive director of Life Flight of Maine, sent an email to those of us who have, up until the pandemic, been participating in the 3.1-mile, 5-kilometer open-water ocean swim called Islesboro Crossing that has us going from Northport to Islesboro. The email was also sent to many others and is Tom's latest update based on the up-close-and-personal relation Life Flight has had with COVID from its onset. Tom also cited some sobering numbers from the Mailman School of Public Health, stating that currently one in every three Americans has acquired COVID. This includes a variety of effects. And while most people in that number have experienced mild to moderate illness, one in every 160 Americans has been hospitalized, and one in every 496 Americans has died from COVID. Nationally and worldwide, deaths now exceed the 1918-1919 Spanish flu pandemic. Since the first reported cases on January 21, 2020, we here in the United States, of course, continue to lead the way, having now logged nearly 43 million confirmed cases, India continues to close in on that figure, now having 34 million cases. In third place, Brazil is at 22 million cases, 
Fourth, fifth, and sixth places go to UK with 7.6 million cases, Russia with 7.3 million cases, and France with 7.1 million cases, respectively. Total world confirmed cases are at 231 million and counting. Worldwide deaths due to COVID are at 4.8 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States are at 685,000, up at least 15,000 since last week. Not a huge number for some folks, unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. Worldwide, 6.4 billion doses of vaccine have been administered. Returning to Tom Judge from Life Flight, he ends his lengthy but useful email saying, this is very much a call to action and that we need everyone to speak up, quietly, with compassion, with empathy, and publicly. Today in 1840, in a military barracks in Landau, Bavaria, Germany, Thomas Nast was born. His father was a musician in a regimental band, but despite this patriotic occupation, the elder Nast took his family and left his country in 1846 for the United States. Young Thomas quickly adapted to his new home, working by the time he was 15 for Frank Leslie's Illustrated Weekly, one of the most popular magazines of the day. In 1858, Thomas became a freelancer, with work appearing in journals such as Harper's Weekly and the New York Illustrated News. During the American Civil War, Thomas Nast provided eyewitness illustrations of the fighting while befriending Ulysses S. Grant and Abraham Lincoln, the latter calling Nast's illustrations our best recruiting sergeant. His cartoons have never failed to arouse enthusiasm and patriotism and have always seemed to come just when those articles were getting scarce. Nast's wartime experiences, a relative, uh, relative observed, sharpened the cartoonist's idealism. From a roving lad with a swift pencil for sale, he had become a patriot artist, burning with the enthusiasm of the time. After the war, Nast became a political cartoonist for the influential Harper's Weekly, which helped belittle New York's infamous boss Tweed and drive the Tweed machine from power. Nast provided the symbols for both the Democratic and Republican parties when he used donkeys and elephants to represent them. He also provided the world with another recognizable symbol, this one apolitical and somewhat ecumenical, illustrated in Christmas stories as a portly Santa Claus, conjured out of memories from his Bavarian childhood. Today is also the birthday in 1389 of Italian banker and patron of the arts, Cosimo de' Medici. In 1772, of American founding father Samuel Adams. In 1920, of American actress William Conrad. In 1923, of American actress Jane Meadows. In 1933, of American painter Will Sampson. In 1939, of American golfer Kathy Whitworth. In 1948, of American rocker Meatloaf. And in 1972, of American actress Gwyneth Paltrow. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the second official week of autumn.